Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Good morning. Welcome to River in the Hills Church. My name is uh, Nate. There we go. Now I can see it. How's everybody doing? You're not very convincing. I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody got to blow a lot of stuff up last Sunday evening. So I know, I know we did. So um, I'm going to talk today about, uh, about Thanksgiving, about giving thanks. And uh, you're like, what? It's not November. Uh, you can talk about Thanksgiving more uh, than just November. Um, and I think we should. Uh, I, I noticed that sometimes when, uh, when I'm seeking the Lord about what to share about or what's on his heart, because that's how we do it. You know, maybe, you know, I've been a part of a church in the past where you're assigned a passage to preach, which isn't bad if it's based in the word, um, but it's just a, it's just a different method that, uh, that we do here where we ask the Lord what he wants, um, each week specifically. And, um, it's great what he does. We get to see as the weeks kind of stack on top of each other, we get to see how he weaves things together. Oftentimes what I've noticed that he does is he'll put something on my heart to share that I'm really struggling with. And uh, because he knows that, that I won't preach it without practicing it. And so, like, so there's like, I'm like, well, and that's probably not what he wants me to share about. You know, that, that was just a thought. That was probably me, right? And uh, we've all made that excuse. The conviction comes, you're like, that was probably me. That's not the Lord. He doesn't want me to change. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, so he goes, he, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I think I should preach about Thanksgiving. And I realized that, like, that I've developed this little mini lifestyle of complaining over the last several months. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, yeah, that's probably definitely what it, you need to share about. So that's what we're going to share about today. Not that I've like cleaned up my act and got it all together and do this perfectly, you know, because that would be stupid um, to, to assume that I've done that at all. But I had, you know, when the Lord called it to my attention, I, I had realized that I had, been, uh, I had been complaining a lot, and so I'm trying to make the adjustment. But so anyway, start to look at Thanksgiving and the Word, right? That's one of the ways that I help myself make the adjustment, right? You go back to the Word. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And um, as I'm doing that, I recall back in um, 2007, some of you know my story. If not, I'd love to tell it to you sometime. I've shared it here maybe, maybe once, the full thing. Um, but in 2007, I got really sick. I was in the hospital for a long time, and spoiler alert, I made it. But, um, <laughs> but it, was, it was touch and go. Um, but anyways, I was, I was, I'd lie there in the hospital, and uh, I had I'd been... I had been in a um, sort of wrapped up in a belief system that taught a uh, a um, First Thessalonians passage. They reworded it, right? And so I was always, taught, or not always, but I had been taught you need to be thankful for everything. Is what that is what I was taught. Be thankful. How many of you have heard that sentence? You need to be thankful for everything. Raise your hand if you've heard it. All right. Forget it. 
I'll tell you what the Bible actually says in a second. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm remembering, I'm laying there in the hospital bed, and I remember just muttering, like trying to thank God for my sickness. Like I was just, I was telling him, thank you for the sickness. And because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, and, and really it, that even saying it was just fear, right? I was like, well, maybe if I say this, God will you know, make me better, right? And so um, I would thank him for the sickness. I'd thank him that I was in the hospital. I'd thank him that I was suffering and thank him that I was in so much pain and, and all these things. So that was a long time ago. But um, anyways, not only was I wrong <laughs> in doing that, I was way wrong. Uh, not only is it not what the Word says, it's a really twisted view, not just on Thanksgiving, but on the Lord's character. And I've spoke about this before. Actually, a few weeks ago, I alluded to a lot of this when I spoke about the will of God. And so that message is online. If you'd like to go listen to that, please do. Um, but I remember a shift took place in my life. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And uh, a few years after that, and with that shift, several things changed. One of the things that changed was, uh, was that view that I held. So, right, I, some of you know this about me. I, I basically went from believing God was good and bad to believing he was just good, right? And that, well, as the Bible says, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, right? And it doesn't say that every horrible and evil thing comes from the Father of lights. So that, where, where do horrible and evil things come from? Yeah, say it louder. That's right, not from God, okay? So uh, in 2013, I was back in the hospital, Sick again, spoiler again, I made that one too, but made it out of that one too. But in the process, I realized the change had taken place when I was laying there in the hospital, and what I did instead was I tried to find things to be thankful for in the midst of my circumstance. And so I thanked God for my family, I thanked God for my life, I thanked God for sustaining me, I thanked God for provision, I thank, you know, you find for salvation, I thank God for my church family. I thank God that I had a home. I find that because you realize you have a lot of things to be thankful for. So I, I would thank him. And what happened, I remember it very clearly, is what happened was that fear left, anger left, hatred left. Because like, I, was, I was filled with those things, filled with those things. I almost died several times. And, and it was, I was so mad, so confused, and so much pain. But when I started to find things to be thankful for, that started to that that position or behave or uh, uh, I'm sorry the act of giving thanks actually positioned me in a place where I could rise above at least for the moment all of those other things. So, First Thessalonians five eighteen, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, but I'm just going to tell you what it says right now. It says to give thanks in everybody say in, in. all circumstances. All. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me just tell you what it does not say. It does not say, give thanks for all circumstances, but you will often hear it quoted that way. But it's not what it says, because why would you give thanks for something that's not worth, because you're giving thanks, you're giving thanks to God, right? Yes? Why would you thank him for something that didn't come from him? Why would you thank him for something that he himself has cursed and hates and doesn't want to see? We don't thank him for all things. Not all things are worth giving thanks for. But we thank him in all things or during 
all things, in the midst of all things. There is, as long as there's breath in your lungs, there is something to be thankful for. All right. So I want to, um, I want to center in today, just kind of talk about the why and how of giving thanks. Why is it so important to have a, a heart posture and lifestyle of thanksgiving? And then how do we maintain, or, or I would say, how do we even develop and then maintain, <clears throat> excuse me, a lifestyle and heart posture of thanksgiving? Um, probably easier said than done. If you would have asked me months ago, hey, are you a thankful person? I'd been like, yeah. You look at my journal. Every morning I'm writing what I'm thankful for first. That you ask Kaylee. It's the first thing. I just thank you, Lord, for, and I just, whatever comes to mind. But in the midst of that, I realized, and I wasn't, when I told you guys that I realized that I had developed this little habit of complaining, I wasn't like complaining to Kyle or to Kaylee or to, I was just, I just, my thoughts and the things that I was mumbling were, were out, of a, out of a place of unholy discontent, discontentment, right? There's holy discontentment. We're like, I'm not okay that I prayed for that person. They didn't get well, right? Holy discontentment. This is unholy discontentment. Or I was like, I'm not okay that I not get the dessert that I wanted, or or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm, and I'm realizing that I'm that I'm actually exalting problems in my head. Okay, that I'm that I'm viewing I'm viewing I'm giving way more attention to what's wrong rather than focusing on what's right. Okay, I'm giving way more brainwave space and even. Words, I'm giving way more words out of my mouth to the negative rather than the positive. I'm glorifying the work of the devil in my thought and mouth, but I'm not, I'm not, bringing, other, I'm not bringing other people down with me, but does it, that doesn't matter. Okay, it's damaging, okay, because it actually shows up in other places in my life, and that's, that's what I want to change, all right? So I want each of us to be known by the church and the world. Everybody say the world. As thankful people. Maybe that's one of the things that the world will look at you and be like, why are you so thankful in the midst of these horrible circumstances? And boom, that's low-hanging fruit right there. Pluck that. That's point number one. Pluck that. No, it's not. So I want to talk about three things, three ways that we can, um, or three reasons why Thanksgiving is important, and I'm going to give you three ways to uh, develop and maintain a lifestyle of thanksgiving. So the first one is that thanksgiving positions us to clearly see God's heart, okay? In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Okay, most people in this room are probably familiar with this psalm. It's great. We read it a lot. If, I'll tell you what, right now, if we want to know God's heart, listen, if we want to know God's heart, okay, and we have to know him. And if you want to know him, you got to get close to him. And if you want to get close to him, you got to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. That's the way in. That's the key. Okay? So if thanksgiving positions us to clearly see God's heart, and we want to see God's heart, and we got to get to know him, we got to get close to him, and the way to get it close to him to see his heart is to thanks, is thanks and praise. You guys see how that works? Yeah. It's cool. John uh, chapter 11 Verse 41 through 44, I'm going to read this for us. It says, so they took away the stone. Okay, this is, sorry, context. Lazarus has died, okay? Lazarus was Jesus' friend, okay? Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, also Jesus' friend, um, friends. 
and um, Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick, but decides to stay where he's at and finish ministry. And in the meantime, Lazarus dies. And by the time that Jesus gets back, not only is he already buried, but he's been dead four days. Okay? So Lazarus has been dead four days. And I love this story. I'm just going to rabbit trail for a second because I think it's really cool. And I'm the one that's preaching, so I can do that. <laughs> and, um, but Jesus comes in and, and, and basically is like, you know, Jesus is like, this would have been different if I was here. Martha runs up to him and goes, Lord, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. And then Mary runs up to him and goes, Lord, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. And they're all right. He definitely would have healed him if he was there. It's just so cool that like they recognize that where he went, goodness followed him. That where he, that the heart of God was to see people well, and that, like they they just got that just by being around him. So there was just like they they were like, you weren't here. If you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. And he and he but he goes, take me to him. And they're like, and and then he goes, roll the stone away. And that's where he picked this up. Okay. So they're at his grave. Jesus says, so they took away, or it says, so they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Let me stop right there. Lazarus was still dead. He gave thanks for God hearing him and answering him before Lazarus came out of the tomb. There's a Hebrew word for that. Anybody know what it is when you give thanks for something before it happens? Tauda. He was giving thanks beforehand for what was about to happen. What it did was it positioned not just Jesus, because he was already positioned to see God's heart because he lived connected to the Father, right? He only did what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he heard the Father say. But even Jesus, out of his own mouth right here, says, but I said this for the benefit of those around me. So those around him were able to see the Father's heart. Remember, Thanksgiving positions us to see, to clearly see God's heart. So those around him were able to see, oh, wow, God's heart is actually for, for life, and that, and that this is this is where he's at. He didn't want Lazarus to die. And so, verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Do you know why he said Lazarus, come out? Because if he would just would have said come out, everybody would have come out of the grave. <laughs> He had to be very specific. <laughs> Jesus gave thanks before, and the thanksgiving allowed not only Jesus, but those around him to be positioned to see God's heart. All right, number two, thanksgiving is a landing strip for heaven. Matthew 6, 10, this is in the Lord's Prayer. There's a line that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, we pray that, we believe that, we live for that. We, we've heard the phrase sometimes maybe, we want to bring heaven to earth. And you're like, what does that even mean? It means we want to release the reality there, here. Okay, some examples, there's no cancer in heaven. We want that to be a reality here. Okay, there's no confusion, there's no fear in heaven. 
okay? There's no sickness. There's no lack, there, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no families that are broken, right? So we want to release that reality here in the way that we pray, in the way that we live, in the way that we minister. We say if it's real there, we want it to be real here because we're just little conduits from heaven, okay? All right, so we, we see that we see that Jesus taught us to pray, I want you to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, all right? And then we have 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which I read earlier, which says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So you say, all right, we want to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're like, well, what's your will? Well, his will is that you give thanks in all circumstances. You want to release heaven on earth? You want to you lay out a landing strip for heaven to come and touch down? Give thanks. Have a heart of gratitude. When we pray, well, we'll go, we'll go to the next one. It's all good. I mean, you're going to get, I could just read this whole thing. No. Luke chapter 9, 10 through 17. This is another story, another example here um, of heaven touching earth through Thanksgiving. This is a story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I love this story. It says, when, they were, when the apostles returned, it's verse, verse 10, I'm sorry, they reported to Jesus what they had done. And then he took them with him, and they, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. This is just, here's another, just real quick, this is another picture of the goodness of God. He needed a break. He needed a minute with his apostles. So they withdrew. When it says they withdrew, it's like they went to try to hide and pray and be quiet. But people followed. And Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't be like, we need a minute. Okay? He wasn't like, we're tired. We're, and all those things were true. They needed a minute. They were tired. They needed you know, time to just kind of have a staff meeting. And, he, and he, he was just good. He just turned around and started meeting the needs out of love. That's how good he is. All right. Uh, verse 12. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. Very practical, totally smart. And he replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go buy food for all this crowd. And there were about 5,000 men there. So it was like, they were kind of sarcastic. Like, yeah, we'll buy food for them. Let's take an offering. And uh, so, he, but he said to his disciples, we'll have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the disciples did so. And uh, I'm sorry, and the disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks, Jesus, he gave thanks and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And these were not bread baskets. These were baskets full, okay? Really cool story. Uh, and we see the, just the, hopefully the obvious parallel here that, that heaven touched earth as soon as Jesus gave thanks, right? He took what they have because there's no lack in heaven, right? There's no lack. Nobody's going like, where are we going to get food? In heaven, they just know, okay? And so he takes the food and he goes, thank you, Lord, because he knew that there's always enough when you're tied into heaven. Okay, and he gave thanks and he handed it to the disciples. And maybe you didn't realize this before, but the bread is actually multiplied in the disciples' hands. Okay, he didn't hand them enough food for 5,000 people, 5,000 men, 
probably more like 12 to 15,000 people, okay? He didn't just keep, he handed them the stuff and he said, you go give it to them. And because of Thanksgiving, it laid out a landing strip for heaven to come and touch down and food multiplied in the disciples' hands and they fed everybody there and then picked up enough leftovers for them to eat for days. Pretty cool, huh? Number three, thanksgiving is a weapon against the trap of complaining. In Daniel chapter 6, King Darius is convinced to uh, lay down a decree. Uh, I'm sure you remember the story. I'm not going to read the entire thing or tell you the entire premise. But basically, he's, he's tricked or convinced into laying down a decree that says that Anyone who prays to any god or any man besides King Darius for the next month is going to get thrown into the lion's den, right? These people are just trying to set Daniel up because right? they don't like him, okay? So Daniel 6, verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, okay, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Follow me here. Tyrannical ruler, unjust laws, political and religious persecution. (laughs) Sorry, Micah. Tyrannical ruler, unjust laws political and religious persecution, people telling lies, people believing lies, and then threats. And what did, what did, Dan, did Daniel have any fodder to complain? Lots. He had every opportunity, every ability to see everything that was wrong, twisted, horrible, terrible, unjust, anti-God, and all those things are true. And he looked at it, and what did he do? He went home and continued to give thanks and pray just as he had done before. And he got caught and thrown in the lion's den, and then heaven came down and shut up the mouths of the lions. That's incredible. But I would like to, I'd like to propose to you that a lot of that had to do with the fact that he gave thanks because it guarded him against the trap of complaining. I wonder what, how the story would have read different if he would have boarded up his windows and just, no, this is so wrong. This is so messed up. This, how do people believe in this? How can this decree even get laid down? This is unjust. This is ridiculous. This is crazy right? Daniel had a lot to complain about, but he chose Thanksgiving. All right. Turned out great for him in the end. Um, So that was the why. Here's a couple things for the how, and then we'll wrap this up. This is a few things that I do, and hopefully that you can walk away with and go, hey, that's useful. That's why I gave you three, because um, I wish there was just like a hey, all you have to do is sign your name on this paper and then your heart will be repositioned towards Thanksgiving for the rest of your life. And it's just not that way. So if, actually, if you find a piece of paper that you can sign and do that, if you could let me know, that would be helpful um, and fair, I think. So 
Um, but the first thing is to keep good records, okay? One of the things that I realized is that when I get into a habit of complaining, I stop remembering all the good things that God's done just for me. Okay, I'm not even talking about what's in the Word of God. Okay, we haven't even gotten there yet. I'm just talking about in my own life. Okay, how quick are we to forget our own testimonies? I write them down. I have to. Why? Because my brain space is being taken up. I mean, it's just like loaded with things that I wish I could remove from it. But anyway, I can't, so I have to write it down. Okay, I remember, I remember dimensions from things that I've installed from years ago. Okay, I remember... I used to, it's like, you don't have the brain capacity. I write it down, okay? So God does something good, make a testimony. Bill Johnson inspired me years ago, and uh, he keeps a stack of index cards, prophetic words that people have spoken over him, promises, testimonies, things that he showed up, and he just, when he starts to get a little depressed and starts, or starts to get a little just kind of down or whatever it is, he just pulls them out and reads them. So I do that. I have that same thing. Okay, that's one way. Keep good records of, of testimonies and, um, and prayers, one of the things that I notice when I read scripture, I see that God, this is really important to God because he reminds people a lot, okay? He, 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 when I look, at, uh, I look at the story of the miraculous catch of fish, do you remember this? That one of the first encounters that Jesus has with Peter is this, is this encounter where there's a miraculous catch of fish. But then sometimes it's skipped over because of the gospels, you're like, oh, they share so many stories. But actually, after Peter denies Christ, do you remember when Jesus sort of reinstates Peter and like, Peter, do you love me? Right? When he comes back and he, and, he, and he builds him back up after Peter's gotten so down on himself that he denied Christ. Well, you know what he did again? There's another miraculous catch of fish with Peter, almost reminding him, hey, remember who I am? Remember? And then, and then what happens after that? Pentecost, right? So... Um, Peter got the idea, but I know that the Lord likes us to keep good records of his goodness because when we don't, he gently reminds us of his goodness, okay? Number two, stay in the word. Just read it daily. The reason for this is because the word is filled with the revelation of Jesus. It's filled. It's like a manual of God's character, right? It's just a description from Genesis to Revelation all about him, and you can't help read it and go, yeah, God's God, and he's good, and that'll give you something to be thankful for. If you're having trouble, just open it up, read a psalm. Be like, oh, David, yeah, okay. David was thankful in the midst of a small trial. I'm being sarcastic. He was trying to get killed, or people were trying to kill him, and he would struggle and struggle, and Lord, 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 and then he'd stop and go, but thank you. Right? Yes. All right. Number three, think before you speak. Words are powerful. You can either be thankful with your words or you can complain with your words. Both have a lot of power. Both will change the way that you think about them. Anybody have to say something out of their mouth to get it into their ears, to get into that other place in their head? I do that sometimes, right? Like when you meet somebody and you want, you want to remember their name, sometimes if you say it out loud and you hear yourself say it, it helps you remember it better. Um, and, but I would, I would encourage you to try to get rid of the, the phrases in your vocabulary that start like this, yeah, but, or um, I know, but, um, yeah, I know that's true. However, it's like where, you, where there's always this caveat where like somebody comes to you and you hear this truth and like, yeah, and then there's this follow-up of, but you don't understand my situation. My situation is different. 
And, and where you just kind of tell, don't you say, and you kind of stop and you think about it, and you're like, well, that's kind of silly, because I think the Lord understands your situation, right? Where somebody comes to you and goes, hey, man, you should just be thankful. Yeah, but, but what? You should be thankful. And when I found myself, that's just something that I've, I've noticed that I do, is I will, I will make exception with my words when really I should just stop and think before I open my mouth. I should have said thank before you speak. That would have been a fun little point. Thank. Thank before you speak. No, but I but seriously, I think that I think that if we gave more attention to the things that come out of our mouth, especially if you're like me, right? And you open your mouth really fast, right? And and sometimes you're like, ha, ah, and you try to catch it put it back in and it's too late, right? But a lot of times the best, the best tool is just to kind of be quiet, right? I was in a situation just a couple nights ago where this stuff was happening, <laughs> Sloan was there. And, and, I was like, and I felt the bubble coming up. <laughs> and I looked at Sloan and I said, I'm gonna step out. And I, and I was, and because I was like, I'm probably going to say something that's going to have some power behind it that's not going to be good. And so, but it's the same thing with giving thanks and complaining. Give me thanks, especially giving thanks in the midst of a hard circumstance. Worship team, come on back up. So just by way of a quick review, I hope this has been beneficial to you all. I know that, uh, I know that Thanksgiving can be viewed as an elementary topic in the church, right? So we, you know, oh yeah, we're Christians, of course we're thankful. But I think that's one of the places we need to guard against the most of the things that we've been told are, are simple and elementary and uh, are the things that sometimes we need to return to. Um, the spiritual milk, as it were. So Thanksgiving positions us to clearly see God's heart. It's a landing strip for heaven. It's a weapon against the trap of complaining and then we can develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving or maintain a lifestyle of thanksgiving by keeping good records, right? remembering the goodness of the Lord, by staying in the word, but continually seeing day after day, oh yeah, he's constant, oh yeah, he always shows up, oh yeah, he's good, he knows what he's doing, he's big, and thinking before we speak, realizing that when we grumble and mumble, there's power behind that, just like there is when we give thanks in the midst of a hard circumstance. Amen? Anybody agree? All right. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.